good. Check, check, check. Good morning and welcome to Duality. I'm your host, Ash, and I am here with a very special guest, welcoming Angela. Thank you so much for coming here. Yeah, thank you for having me here. Um, was looking forward to have this podcast with you. Amazing. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, it's... um. It's a really important topic, and you're a very important person to me. And I feel like, you know, it's cool to have these different platforms, right? And although if anyone who's been listening to this podcast or like, um, or if I know you in person and, you, and we've talked about the journey of this podcast, this isn't something I ever set out to have <laughs> in this particular way. And something I've been, I've, been, I've been changing the way I've been articulating that recently. I have always wanted to create a safe space to amplify people's voices, but I didn't know it was going to look like a podcast. I had no idea. <laughs> so when it was, I, I didn't even really listen to podcasts before I had a podcast. And, um, you know, not to get into the whole story, if you guys want to have the origin story, you can go back to the, to the first few episodes or, you know, somewhere in between. And, uh, and 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 listen to that part but yeah like my my point in bringing that up is like if i have this platform if i have this space to um to bring people on here and to share the great conversations we have all the time and give space for other people to witness it to feel seen to feel understood to to know that they're not alone and then also the thing that I find that's really beautiful is that you yourself are giving your you're you're giving yourself an opportunity to share on a different spectrum it's like it's like show and tell it's like it's like presenting the science project in Mm -hmm. school you know you do that work in private and then at the end of the course or chapter semester whatever it's called you know you go and you show it to everyone and I want that to be um kind of how this this podcast I feel like that's what it's become it's like it's it's show and tell in a way it in a really authentic way of of like this is where I'm at right now and then this is where I was and this is where I've came from so um so yeah to who better than you to share this platform with I I Lately, I've been feeling that way. I'm feeling that sometimes you know somebody, but you really don't know somebody. You work with a person, you live with a person, you share some moments with a person, but you really don't know what the person is about. Um, in the place where I work, I work with many, many people, and some of them, I don't know, they're married, they're not married, they, what's their life outside where we work. And I find that it's interesting that you do this podcast because I've seen many guests that you have had here that say ideas and bring things to from their life to share, and they have nobody have known about it. And so it's one. Yeah, thank you. And and that's what that's what I feel like is important because it's like we live life, and we think we know people, you know, and sometimes we do, um, and then there's always so much more to people and i feel like creating those those spaces where they can feel safe that we can feel safe because it takes a lot like it takes a lot for me to come up here and like 
because I talk about current events, you know, and like even though today we're having this conversation about like a past event, it's still current because of everything that's going to lead into. Mm. And I think that, um, I think that it's, it's, encouraging it's uh, no not encouraging well encouraging yes but also um that it's courageous it's courageous to share your story it's courageous to put yourself out there Mm -hmm. it's scary (laughs) but it's exciting and Mm -hmm. i feel like um and done in places like even like this like hub 17 you know in in the space that kenny and the people that work with kenny have curated to to make this it's it's cozy, although it's broadcasting. Mm-hmm. You know, you get that podcasty feel, but we're here. We're having a conversation, right. and we're and we can make being uncomfortable comfortable. So, with that being said, um, getting into the topic of how did you come to America? You know, how did you end up on Staten Island out of all places of all in places. the world? <laughs> well, um, I was going to school and I was working in Colombia in Bogota, my city, and uh, my sister have moved here, uh, particularly to Staten Island. Uh, I'm one of uh, four sisters, and my older sister moved here, and uh, we always been very close, so uh, she keep asking me, inviting me to come over, come over, and um, I, the place where I work in, they, uh, my employer didn't want to give me vacation because he said, you know, I know you're going to stay there. I say, no, no, no. I got in school. I'm not going to stay. And um, finally, I got vacation, and I came to visit my sister. And she was asking me, please don't leave. Don't don't leave me here. Stay. I help you out. You go to school. And I decided to stay. That was 40-some years ago. Mm-hmm. So... I know you have told me a little bit about um, the plane ride coming here. <laughs> that was so what crazy. what did it look like the day of? Like, how did it feel? Like the day that you were gonna take the flight to America for the first time. That was a funny, very funny story. My family in 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 Colombia, everybody takes you to the airport and then say goodbye. I went on the line. I show my passport. I see this girl in front of me who has. Um, passport that she said she's going to New York. I have my boyfriend who also brought my family, my father, my sisters, my mom, everybody there. Goodbye. I follow her because I said, you know, she knows where she's going. Sit down next to her and that, that she and I grew up in the same area. We knew the same people. And so we started talking. All of a sudden she turned around and said, you know, uh, they haven't called us. And so I said, uh, yeah, so we got up and we missed the plane. Luckily, my friend, my other friend who worked for the airline that I was uh, taking, she said, I'll help you. You know, the, the plane is gone. Your luggage is gone. You're just going to uh, wait. So we found another flight, but the next day, and the other flight was from uh, Bogota to Miami and then from Miami to New York. My sister has gone to make the day trip to pick me up at the airport. It was a long and uh, La Guardia. Mm-hmm. She went with her husband and her daughter to pick me up and figured, you know, let me spend the day in Queens. When I, obviously, she waited to pick me up and I didn't show up. She was all nervous about it. And yeah, because, because at the time, it's yes. like different, it's different times. It's, it's you know, we didn't have cell phones. No, so no, we didn't no, have no way to communicate. Mm-hmm. No. So um, 
she finally went back and I called her and she, I told her what happened. So felt so bad because she, you know, she almost have a heart attack thinking something happened to me. And so, but the next day, we, my girlfriend and I, who uh, also was at my wedding party, and that we become very, very close friends. The next day, we were first one in line to take the plane, and here I am, 48 some my years. Three daughters, mm. four granddaughters, mm -hmm. yes, nurse, yeah, many, many things had happened to through all those years. Mm -hmm. And um, when I came here, I didn't speak the language, you know, the little things that you learn, and it wasn't easy. Uh, one thing I had to thank my sister, my older sister, uh, it is she made sure that I did not watch TV in Spanish. She wanted me to watch. And, you know, you don't know how much you could learn from soap operas because, <laughs> you know, those soap operas, you know, they speak very clear. Mm -hmm. They um, The characters don't change much. The story is pretty much the same, you know, husband, wife, the midwife, the mid midwife, the the person that's with him that interfered <laughs> with the Hopefully marriage. Hopefully midwife. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, so you learn a lot from that. And and then I went to classes, and I went to um, the uh, College of Staten Island and, and took English as a second language. And so that helps a lot. You know, I, I knew I needed to speak the language. I needed to uh, empower myself by being able to speak the language, to try to communicate with people. How did you, how did you, when in the time that you were learning, like, how was that for you? Like, if you were by yourself, you know, say you had to go to the store, or take the bus, or, like, go different places, like, how, how, how was that for you? Well, my sister helped me get a job, and in the place that I was working, there was a lot of Spanish-speaking people, but I also had a lot of uh, English-speaking people, so even though I stay with the people that spoke Spanish, I also tried to be also with the very close friends with the English-speaking uh, people, which helped me a lot. Mm -hmm. I learned a lot of language, a lot of, lot of cursing words, too. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the first time I heard that that four-letter word, and uh, somebody who was repeating it only is like, What's, what are you saying? What's that mean? The person got embarrassed. Oh, sorry. So, <laughs> yeah, things like that. <laughs> But um, so that helped me um, being able to uh, have those two worlds where I could learn uh, the language and I could be part of the culture, the Spanish culture as well. Yeah. So that was good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And in the time that you were like learning, you know, like it's not like you had Google Translate on your phone. No. You know, like did you carry around like maybe a, a Spanish to English book? No, or I didn't. No, actually didn't. I should have, but I didn't. Mm -hmm. So you just like hand <coughs> si hand signals and. As a matter of fact, when I met uh, Lenny, um, I didn't speak much English, mm -hmm. and um, he was very charming. He, even though he didn't speak Spanish, he kind of, you know, tried to communicate with me, and I. That was funny because I didn't speak English well, mm -hmm. and so it was through signs, um, through words, and he used to figure out with magazines and find stories and things and um, able to communicate. And we started dating, and then we got married, and that was about um, like two years after I came to the United States. Mm. 
and um, then I have a daughter. My oldest daughter, his name is Angela, is me. And that's a funny story because I thought it was <laughs> going to be a boy, <laughs> and I did not have a name uh, for her as for a girl. So it was going to be Frank Alexander, but <laughs> she always laughs. She says, Ma. So, but that doesn't mean that I didn't love you anymore. Um, she, um, she's a nurse like me. Mm-hmm. Very proud of her. Very proud of all my daughters. Uh, and then I have my daughter, Nicole, who is an amazing mom. As she's unbelievable. I'm so proud of her as well. And then I have my little one, my youngest daughter. And my daughter Ashley, who is um, charismatic, uh, smart, beautiful, inside and out. And um, <laughs> which is me. So if you guys <laughs> haven't picked it up, <laughs> thank you, Mama. If you haven't picked it up, this is my mother. And um, the reason I waited to tell you guys that is because I wanted to, whether or not you're my mother, I wanted to interview you because I value your life experience. And I think you're an incredible person. Mm-hmm. Of course, you're my mom. You know, like, <laughs> of course, you're going to be, right? <laughs> no, but uh, uh, it's just, I, I wanted to give you a space to have your own identity and to come on to this podcast and be yourself. Appreciate that. And, like, and then secondly, you know, you're my mom. Because I think that's something that I've been witnessing with uh, like so many of my friends and like you know I consider my sisters my friends too like so it's like so many of my friends my sister my you know my siblings like just watching women become mothers you are committing to being a person second <laughs> you really are no matter what like like you can you can you have to obviously be your own person it's like even though, like, you can read in books and see, like, yes, you have to put yourself first. And even if you have kids and, you know, have to put the mask on yourself first. And, like, yes, it's, it's, it's true on a very survival note. But when you have children, like, especially when they're little, they become, they're uh, making sure that they're fed and they're okay comes before you having to take a shower. Comes before you have to, having to, you know, making sure they're fed comes before you f- making sure you're fed i mean obviously unless you're breastfeeding then you have to feed you are forced to mm-hmm. you know what i mean and you know maybe it hasn't always been this way to the extent that it is now but especially because you know this is this is a topic that i i i want to i want to talk about too maybe on another podcast maybe we could touch base on this and you're like a perfect person to touch base on this with is like i find that in society now because, you know, there's the traditions of, like, it, it takes a, a village to raise a kid. It takes, you know, a tribe. And, like, the fact that we've been so separated as people, so separated that it takes a tribe, but there isn't one. And, like, that, and it's not anybody's fault in particular. We're in a society. We all have to eat. We all have to survive. We all, has to f- we all have to figure out how we as much as we might want to help our friends or our siblings or, you know, people in our family or close people in general to us, we might want to help them raise kids. It's like, it's, you, you got to also like be able to function. And then if you're not functioning, you don't want to be around kids because you don't want that to affect them. Mm -hmm. Right. And like, so I say all that to say, um, 
that I feel like now that saying has it has a different meaning because even when women are finding people that are tribe people that they can trust in other words you know people that they can see helping them raise children um there's like a uh, like there's only a certain extent that they'll allow because they're so accustomed to doing it themselves from putting themselves first mm -hmm. because they ha I mean putting them uh, their 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 babies first I mean right. you know and um I think that that's something as I can only witness because I'm not a mother so I can only witness that through uh, the women around me, right? And and uh, at this point of my life, and you know, just create space for that awareness, you know, of just like also, I think it's important once, you know, you might not fully be your own person when you have little children, because they need you all the time at every moment. They need you, you know. They're just like this little thing that's like I don't know how to do things yet but I do or I think I might and I might stumble full, but I need you I need you all the time I need your attention I need I need you and when they get a little bigger you know mothers have to then refine their identity who are they after they have children maybe some parts of them are the same from when before they had children but there are some parts that will never be the same because they have it's a it's a it's a you know it's a it's a shift it's a portal like uh, you know talking about birth like birth is a portal like you're literally taking a liquid and turning it into a human like that's that's excuse that's crazy you know like and it's crazy and amazing at the same time. Yeah, and you are a you know you are a labor and delivery right. nurse. Labor and delivery nurse, OBGYN nurse, <coughs> and um, I had seen that many 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 times. And um, I'm very lucky, and I'm very very happy to be where I am. Mm -hmm. I when I went to nursing school, I always wanted to work at at uh, OBGYN, and I wanted to be in maternity. And I was lucky enough to get in. It's um, and the thing that I appreciate so much is the fact that I help my Spanish community. Mm -hmm. uh, we have so many patients who don't speak the language, and I know what to not know the language, and mm -hmm. I know what is to uh, struggle with being alone and not having the resources, but I must say that my Spanish community, my patients are uh, so, so great they come to all the appointments they follow the rules they do what they have to do and um, they always i'm very grateful that they are happy that i'm there and that i helped in them help helping them out i'm working on um uh, starting again teaching uh, prenatal classes that we have stopped because of covid and we are teaching classes at uh, the center for women's health um, and, and these are free and accessible for everyone? These are free and accessible. Even if you don't come to the center, you could, uh, you're welcome to come. The classes are uh, in Spanish are the second and fourth uh, Friday of every month. Okay. And I'm working to try to uh, have a new program uh, that we are going to be teaching classes at the hospital. At yeah, the so you're, up you're updating your stuff. You yes. You're doing some PowerPoints and stuff yes, like that. Yes, yeah. it's very good. That's and cool. 
Oh, I there's one of the ladies that I work with. Um, her name is Holly. She's the assistant uh, uh, assistant director of the Live and Delivery. She has been very instrumental in trying to put everything together, and she's trying to help me to do the Spanish version of the PowerPoint. So, very lucky to have wonderful people around me. Work with magnificent, amazing, uh, creative, giving. Feel full of hard people. Yeah, well, I mean, you're going. You're going to also attract the people that you, that you are like, and then the people that you that you need or that need that, right? So it's like that's beautiful that you get to experience people that um ha are so passionate and loving the way you are. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a beautiful thing to know that people like you exist, right? And also, especially in a place like Staten Island, that is, um. I, I don't even want to use the word traditionally because it's not even true because traditionally really, you know, everything goes back to, to native people. So it, traditionally it wouldn't be that right, accurate word, right? But um, presently, uh, it in the more in, in the more recent of years, it seems that uh, the major population of Staten Island gets portrayed to be solely like Italian and like, um, Caucasian in general and there's live and well plenty of minorities on Staten Island like in fact shout out to Jatik, uh, Jatik Long he made a poem about Staten Island talking about how there's the highest amount of Sri Lankan people on Staten Island than there is outside of Sri Lanka like just in general like which I thought was really incredible to know like that I because I didn't know that and, and that's, you know, that's also a minority. And it's, but, but, it's, a, but it's a majority. It's more than, my, I think, for, I feel like, I feel like people that aren't white have, out, we've outgrown the space of minority, right? Like, we are majority a lot of places, the thing is, it's not represented as much, you know? Like, Staten Island is a melting pot. New York is a melting pot of people. Mm -hmm. Just because the only uh, representation of Staten Island, besides, I mean, with, 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 uh, with, the, with the grace of, of Wu-Tang is one of the only non- you know, white things, and the dump is just a general thing, and then, but, like, the Jersey Shore, the, the mob wives, the, all these different things are generally Italian-based things, and, like, you know, Staten Island doesn't get acknowledged for how many other people are here, and, um, and, and maybe other people that are, don't have the same political beliefs, and, 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 look at things differently or like you know even the artistic community a lot of people i feel i'm like grateful that i'm seeing it come out more and in the in the, the latino community too like i'm seeing it come out more and more and like pe more people are speaking up and um i guess my point for going on this whole riff is just to kind of uh, give in summary for people who are aren't aware of that experience you know if like if you're not living that experience you're not living that experience like if some people who are just straight up italian like have a different experience on staten island like you always belonged somewhere you always were embraced in this place you know like 
you're Italian. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, my cousin is this, this, this. You know what I mean? Like, you're embraced in this place. But for people who either don't, aren't like that kind of Italian or don't, or don't have origins in Italy at all, like, may not have the same experience growing up here and don't identify with the representation of Staten Island. And I think that it's pinnacle to know the people who have been holding it down for the minority communities. And I just want to remind you that you are one of them. You came here as an immigrant, you know, and you you found your way. You you learn the language, which English language is not easy. <laughs> like, oh, no, it's, not. it's very confusing. Even for people that grow up with English as the first language, it's confusing, <laughs> you know. And um, I find that a lot of my patients are embarrassed to speak in English because they are afraid that they are being made fun of. Mm-hmm. So I always tell them, everybody has accents. Mm-hmm. So don't worry, say it, you know. And the other thing that I always encourage my patient is that if you don't understand something, please say so. Please say, I don't understand it. We have um, many resources, like uh, in my uh, the clinic where I work, we have um, interpreter phones, interpreter uh, uh, tablets, and not only for Spanish, for any language. Any patient that wanted to come and don't speak the language, they could communicate with us because it's important to let the person know I know what you're saying or I don't know what you're saying. I'm consenting to do this thing or I'm not agree with with it. So it's very important to speak. Um, find that my especially my Spanish patients are um, very agreeable. Do you understand? Yes. Really? A little. So, you know, you have to always ask. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because sure. you want to make sure you know what you're consenting to, and it's like it's it's so hard to like navigate that space. Like I only had a little taste of it. I can't imagine like really committing to a country, you know. Like when I moved to Colombia, and I didn't fully like understand or fully speak Spanish, like enough to get by. But like in certain spaces, it's like you get shy, you get embarrassed, you don't want to say something, you freeze mm-hmm. up, you know, you just freeze, and it's like you you feel like you can you know what you want to say but like it's it's like so hard to get it out and then like and then because of that you you build up the shame and embarrassment around like learning a language or being perceived and it doesn't it it, it makes it that much further and further away in fact like i feel like from having those experiences i feel like at times it, it has made it harder for me like in fact like I'd stop listening if people were, you know, speaking in Spanish because I'm like, I don't even want to have to, like, figure that out. <laughs> like, I don't even want to have to, like, give it space to, like, it's just going to give me anxiety. Like, I'm just going to be anxious, so I'd rather just say that I speak English and, like, not do that. But you can't do that in another country. That's the thing, like, because now you're in their country and or even if it's yours or whatever the case is. And you... You have to, you ha- you got to put yourself out there. Mm-hmm. You got, you, uh, or else you don't, spot. or else you don't know yes. how much the fruit is, mm-hmm. or else you don't know how much the item is that you want to buy. Right, but it's not only, uh, you know, you also have to be mindful of other cultures as well and be respectful about it. Uh, there's sometimes that, um, you know, you interview uh, Asian and then you know that they, if they don't look at you, it doesn't mean that they're not being respectful. They feel that that's being respectful. Mm-hmm. Um, 
certain cultures, you know, they, they interact a lot with their body. So, um, so you always have to be mindful that we are not all the same. We yeah. are different, and then we have to be respectful, mm-hmm. and we have to try to put yourself in that spot. Mm-hmm. You know, you might not know the language, you know the culture. You are in culture shock in, the, in here, and um, you're hoping to find somebody who will be able to listen to you and really listen. To understand and you, and, and who cares yes. to do so. Yes, exactly. And to, mm-hmm. and to represent, and, you know, that's why I think it's, like, so important because, you know, you are, I'm sure, one of the first on Staten Island to be doing what you do, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like if you really think about it, how many other Latina women were around you? In, in like, what, like, you know, did you have a lot of experience of people that spoke Spanish, even if they were Spanish? Or, in like, Latino, rather? Do you mean in the hospital where mm-hmm. I work? No, unfortunately not. Yeah. Not many. Mm-hmm. What I always wonder, as a matter of fact, last night I was talking to uh, uh, one of the nurses and I was saying, I don't understand how that happens. There's plenty of uh, nurses who speak Spanish who probably graduated and looking for jobs. Um, so she was telling me sometimes it happens that uh, the jobs get given to people who are already in the hospital in the system. Mm-hmm. So my suggestion to you is try to get in the hospital someplace mm-hmm. so you're able to get into that that way. And, um, yeah, you know, I'm sure there's plenty of Spanish-speaking uh, nurses or uh, people from other languages who wants to get into the hospital, so this would be a, a way to get through. Yeah, I think I think it's so important, you know, just as as the especially in the space of like, um, you know, the Center for Women's Health, like, you know, these different places that center um, women, like the different clinics, the different OBGYNs, like the different hospitals, the labor and delivery, like these different places that are centering women, um, especially to have representation um, in all different uh nationalities, all different ethnicities and cultures so that there is someone for everyone, especially in such a vulnerable time, like giving birth to another human being. <laughs> and then also, um, you know, especially because when on a, on a really real and really um, heartbreaking note, it's like it's, it's statistically known that, you know, black women uh, have been neglected in the in uh, the what would it be called the birthing not birthing um in just any kind in yeah i guess birth care would it be mm-hmm. you know like so many so many black women and then right behind black women would be uh spanish and native people you know and then i'm sure there's plenty of people that are just not not charted you know but essentially it's just that um that lens of it's like not everything, you know, has to be about race and this and that. But when it comes, when there's a statistic, like when there's a, an, an absurd statistic of one thing more than the other, um, it's, it's, it's important to pay attention to that. And I feel like creating safe places where there's more people that someone who is black or brown can look around and be like, oh, they look like me. I'm safe. You know, it's like when you go into a neighborhood and you see f- all different uh, ethnicity flags. You're like, oh, okay, this is this is like a cultured neighborhood rather than when you just go into a neighborhood and it's all like American flags. It's just a different feeling, you I know? F- I feel that where I work, we are trying to 
cultivate that. Cultivate that. That's we beautiful. have all kinds of uh, uh, patients. So, yeah. and they feel comfortable because they, like you said, they look around and they see that more people of uh, their ethnicity and their culture, mm -hmm. and they feel more comfortable to be around. Yeah. Yes. It's a, it's important. It's so important, you know. Like, and and that doesn't. That's just not limited, you know, to. To, to black and brown people, you know, it's also, you know, for the Asian community. That's also for the Indian community, you know, for for all just different... Albanian community Albanian well. community. Like, yeah, there's Italians, plenty of Albanians on Irish, Staten Island. Like, mm -hmm. there's, like, there's, if there's anything that is represented on Staten Island, I'm, I'm never in a, a, in a concern if there's going to ever be a drought of Italian nurses, respectfully. You know what I mean? That's so many on Staten Island and in every space. It's not too... It's not to put anyone down, and I want to clarify that because I feel like when, I feel like something that people struggle with when listening to things that involve race or to um, just anything that involves the the topic, it's like the anxiety and the feelings of inadequacy come in to play for um, someone that may ha be perceived and or embody a privilege, and it's not that you know you might have been broke. And you might have had n n lack of privilege in other areas. You might have worked really hard for what you got, but there are certain like privileges that you innately get with just you know coming into the world in a certain way. So I want to invite anyone that listens to this and or any other, you know, I can't speak for other placements, but I feel like um, just listening to people who are coming from a really just listening to people in general, because even when someone might be coming from a reactive space rather than instantly getting defensive and getting like that anxiety like what like oh like you know for even for example if i said the thing about there's not going to be a drought of italian nurses on staten island like i don't want to trigger you to feel like any less than a minority nurse i just want you to understand that like if there is 50 people coming in on a daily basis that are that don't speak spanish i mean that don't speak english that are Hispanic or, you know, people from other countries that don't speak English, it would be beneficial for, th to, for them to see someone who does, for, for, for to help them. You know, it's not uh, about anything about you personally. You could be an amazing nurse. Listen, if you want to go the extra mile, even if you are a person that's not from that origin and you're good at learning languages, that would be beneficial. <laughs> you know, that would be, it's just about the, exposure it's about it's genuinely it's just about finding um balance and being well-rounded in these places and i think that that's really really uh, important and i and i'm just grateful to know that like you have been like a pioneer also in staten island and doing that you know and and creating that space Very for grateful. so many people Very to grateful. feel safe mm -hmm. you know because i'm sure like there's so many situations where someone might have been completely lost you know, mm -hmm. without having you interpreting before there was a tablet, before there was a phone call method, like going somewhere or maybe not getting the care they needed and God forbid not feeling, not having the optimal situations happen. Hoping to do this for a long, long time. I retired last year mm -hmm. and, uh, but I can never let go and work for DM and yeah, so she's been working more. She, she, retired, <laughs> <laughs> she retired last year. She's been working more, mm -hmm. you know. But, but it's, I, I love what I do. I'm very passionate about, um, um, you know, I like that now I have the opportunity to um, spend time with my family and my friends. And uh, 
and also work. So it's a balance. Yeah. It's a better balance now. You get to pursue the things that you want to do because you want to do them, not because you're like forced to do them out mm -hmm. of survival. You know, it's like a different perspective and it's a different, you know, it's a different season of your life, you know, a different coming of age, a different experience that you're getting to, <coughs> excuse me, uh, participate in because you've paid your dues, mm -hmm. you know, you've been a nurse for how many years? I graduated when I was, when I was January twenty fourth. <laughs> and I was in your belly. I had your on July fifth, twenty seven years ago. Yeah. Now you so everybody there you knows go. your age. Yeah, no, they they know. <laughs> they they know the things. I tell them. Twenty seven years ago. <laughs> yeah, so mm. gonna Seems be like twenty yesterday. Gonna be no, this would be the twenty eighth. And it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy going to school. Because, like I mentioned to you before I didn't know the language. I used and to you take were in classes. Pregnant. Um yes. But in the beginning, I used to take classes. I only take one class here, one class there. It took me eight years to graduate. It took me a long time. And I used to go to a class, take a tape recorder, put it on the table, because I was I will, will be writing, and I will don't know how to write a word. And, and so I will forget what they were saying, so I will have to listen, go home, and listen again while I was having two children, because I didn't have you at that time. And, uh, and you know, a house taking care of a house, a husband, kids, and all, it wasn't easy. But when you set yourself uh, an ending, uh, a light at the end of the tunnel, and you have to do it, you really believe you have to be strong and to in order to be, uh, I, I always say this, to become powerful, you have to have knowledge. The more knowledge you have, the more powerful you are. So I needed to get out of a of a best situation and make it different mm -hmm. for me and my children. And um, so it took a long time, but it was it wasn't easy. But it's uh, when people say, "Oh, you know, I work so much and I don't have the time," you make the time. Do like I did. Take one class at a time. The next thing you see, you're done and you are uh, earning your money and doing what you like. Find your niche. Find what you like what you really, really like. What because you would you do even if you didn't get paid for it. Right, because you, if you do what you love, you're never gonna be work a day in your life. Mm -hmm. it's, it's wonderful mm -hmm. and very grateful that I was put in a spot. I think that thing that happened in my life, all the things that I went through, coming to United States, um, getting married, um, going to school, um, and, um, put me in that uh, spot, you know, all what's meant to be to be where I am now. Yeah. I'm very grateful. Very grateful having a daughter like you. It's amazing. Yeah. Yes. And thank you so much for having me here. Yeah. Of I course. appreciate you uh, having me here. And I had been before here seeing you doing podcasts and you had wonderful people here mm. that passed through here and more wonderful people that will come through as well, I imagine. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Right? I wouldn't yeah. exist. <laughs> <laughs> true. Very true. You know, I've been I've been crying on the podcast pretty much every week, so you know, it wouldn't be right if I didn't a little bit today. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's I feel like I don't know, there's been something about the past few episodes that have been so very vulnerable, you know. Um and and there's beauty in that, 
you know, there's beauty in that. And <laughs> I'm trying to hold it together because, like, you know, we're live and this, but this is real. It's feelings. And, like, the thing is, it's so important to love the people that are around you mm-hmm. and listen to them and, and, and give space for them to share their story while they're alive and while they're here. I think it's very important. So oh, I know, I know you feel this way because you recently lost somebody that you love very much. And, and you know, sometimes things happen in your life for a reason to make you understand that, yeah, you know, people around you are around you. And like I was saying in the beginning, sometimes with somebody and we don't know who they are, what they are. And so it's important, yeah. you know, it's important. And it's, it's wonderful that you are, you recognize that and that you are, and you know, we I think I think that we this is a one of the things that is wonderful. You're always gonna remember this. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is it's like it's time capsuled. Mm-hmm. It's time capsuled. Like this is something that I could always go back to, that you could always go back to. And then when I'm gone, when you're gone, when it many, my many, many kids years from now. <laughs> you know, the generations, this mm-hmm. is something that will always exist. And you know, I think I talked about it a little bit last week, just the concept of, of legacy, you know, and it's like what you leave behind, besides the material things, besides the finances, mm-hmm. like what you leave behind, what are you staining on people's brains? Like what are you on people's clothes, on their minds, on their hearts? Like, um, you know, is it an intentional flower imprint? Or or is it like a grease from pizza? <laughs> you know, mm. what is it? When like where did it come from? And um I think that that's just important to to know. Um is just to talk to people. Mm-hmm. It's important to talk to it people. Is. It is very important to know the person. Why are you behaving that way? Why are you so harsh? But it, then you you realize oh it's something that's going on. I think it's the willingness too, and like the um, the concept of, you know, I think, I think people fear going on a podcast and crying, <laughs> you know, like I Being think people is fear, mm-hmm. yeah, like I'm not gonna have this conversation because I know if I get that deep, I might cry, I might, I might get emotional, mm-hmm. you know, and. Listen, like, I'm not, like, okay 100% with this. (laughs) Like, I'm not super comfortable right now with this. Let me rephrase that. I'm not super comfortable with it, but I'm okay. I'm okay with it because it's real. And I'd rather put myself out there and be real and be authentic um, than than think about the concept of what what would happen if I did for the rest of my life. Because... You know, I mean, I can't speak for every human, but what I can imagine in my own experience is like, if I don't do something that's so important to me, there was there was something there was something that I was just listening to recently where it was talking about someone said if something is important to you, it will forever be important to you. But it was like something particularly because not everything that is important to you will be important to you. That's not true. But like there's certain things like specifically for yourself that are like if someone is important to you if something is important to you 
and you don't do it, something about it usually, y you think about it for the rest of your life. And, like, if you just did it, then you know. Like, you know, like, okay, I did it and it didn't work out. Or I did it and it worked out, but it didn't work out after that. Like, you know, just putting yourself out there. I feel like so many people just settle for a, f a life of fear because it's seemingly more comfortable because it's less threatening for a moment. For a moment. That's the thing. It's like, it's not forever because the longer it, it, it's, and, and that comfortability isn't even real because you're uncomfortable because you're not doing what you want to do. It's, it's, it's a very depthful thing. And I feel like people experience it and internalize it in a different way. And, um, yeah, I just encourage anybody that has anything that they feel so passionately, like, in their being that they that they want to say or they want to do. You know, the worst thing that could happen, what's the worst thing that could happen? You know, I think that also now on the internet when it comes to, like, platforms like this, it's like people get nervous that, like, oh, I'm going to say one wrong thing, I'm going to be canceled. Everyone's going to hate me. So... If that if you're afraid of that, then just pray that you are gonna speak from a grounded space. You just gotta you just gotta cover all bases. You know what I'm saying? If you're afraid of the if you don't wanna do something because of how you are afraid of being perceived, like like F that, you know what I'm saying? Out of respect, I won't curse on this podcast because you're here. Thank you very much. <laughs> Appreciate that. <laughs> you know, but it's like it, you don't need to be limited by the way that you think that people are going to perceive you. And like, like I've thought about plenty of times because I've had I tend to talk about topics that people don't want to talk about like a lot. And and in that process, it's like it doesn't mean that I'm not afraid to talk about it. It doesn't mean that I'm not considering the factors of what happens when I put this out into the universe, into the into the cyber world and where it can go and who can hit and how it could affect it. I pray that it all gets received in the best possible way because that's my heart. That's my intentions in having these conversations. I'm not inviting people on here to have controversial conversations to get views. I can care less, you know. If five mm -hmm. people listen to this podcast and it makes a difference in their life out of a meaningful conversation, that will mean more to me than having five million people listening to this podcast because I'm talking about something controversial with no objective of healing. Mm. The whole point is to find healing in whatever the circumstances is, no matter how controversial the topic is. And yeah, all that to say, I just want to, um, you know, remind those out there that are listening, that will listen at any point whether I know you or I don't know you, um, like you are felt, you know, and, and you are understood in, in, in the confusion of, of deciphering who you are as a person, you know, who you are as a human, having a human experience and trying to make the best out of it, right? Whether you're, you're coming from a place, you know, you came from another country into a space of the unknown. You, ha you lived a certain kind of of reality that not everyone lives, but a lot of people have. And, you know, some people do that on smaller scales and some people do that on bigger scales. And 
the thing is, life is all about stepping into the unknown. There's going to come times where you're going to step in the unknown. Each phase of life is stepping into the unknown, whether you're about to have a child, whether you're about to die, whether you're about to start a new job, have a new relationship, you know, have the courage to, to tell somebody how you feel about them, whether romantic or just friendship or whatever, you know? There is an unknown because you don't know how people are going to take that. But if you really inquire with yourself why you are doing what you're doing and it comes down to a space of of healing and not only yourself and not only the person, but both, then I think that it's worth putting it out there. Even if it shakes up some foundations, even if it if it's a tower moment, you know, even if it is like maybe it's meant to be. And maybe that would be a beautiful blessing and catalyst for so many other people. So I want to say thank you for coming here. Thank you. Thank you for, you know, being all of being who you are. Somebody. And thank you for thank you for being you. You know, oh. thank you for being who you are. Sad. And I'm not sure, but <laughs> but thank you. Thank <laughs> and you. <laughs> oh Lori. And um oh. you know, uh Thank you. Just thank you. You know, I could go on, but uh, I think that this episode speaks for itself when I say thank you. And Mariana, if you're listening, I miss you. <laughs> and if there's any, is there anything else that you want to say to anyone and or to yourself? Hmm. Is there anything, even, even to your younger self that was traveling here from Colombia, is there anything that you... Any advice that you would give somebody too that was that's coming here or, or having that experience? Okay, um, try to find a goal, and if you find a goal, continue no matter what obstacles are there, because um, at the end you're gonna be happy if you follow what you really want. It's not easy coming to one place where you don't know the language, where you don't know the culture, where you don't know anything about it. And um, so sometimes circumstances happen and obstacles and Sandy, Hurricane Sandy and all the things that happen, um, uh, marriages, divorces, um, uh, craziness in your life. Uh, one of the things that I'm grateful for, I have an amazing family, amazing friends. And uh, so having a good support, but if I would have say something going back, you know, so happy and so grateful that I was not alone. And I know a lot of people are have have to come here and be alone, but uh, find somebody, find something that you like and pursue it and go for it. I like, uh, I didn't think I was gonna be a nurse. That wasn't my, my intention. I was going to school for business administration, which is totally different than what I was, but I always wanted something that had to do with healthcare and uh, yeah. Um, Try to find a goal and go for it. Mm. Never know, never know what is going to lead you to. And I'm happy to be here, happy to have wonderful family and friends, and uh, my job that I love so much, I'm so passionate about, where I find amazing people. Mm. Thank you. Thank you. So to um, to end off this this podcast. Um what do you think? What do you what are you thinking? 
Hi Jen. <laughs> Hi Jen. I um, I'm very proud of how all these things has been what you've been doing, and I hope that more people will know about your podcast and and not afraid to come and speak up, mm-hmm. you know, and feel comfortable. You know, if you know wanna just come in, just come and see if somebody else doing it, and that's how I f- think I feel more comfortable because I been here many times and I know how it is and it's good to speak to talk to people and to let what you know your experiences because you're you're not alone there's plenty of people who have gone through so many experiences going coming to this uh, country and and doing well and doing okay and being successful even though that doesn't mean money Mm-hmm. Money is not everything, and yeah. I feel like I'm very successful in my career because I love what I do. Yeah, and I feel very proud of what I'm doing, and with my children and my family and my friends. Yeah. Thank, Thank you for sharing that. Thank you. You know, it's uh, it's something that I want to over like I want to I want to extend anybody that uh, anybody who feels a genuine pull, a genuine tug to to be on this podcast uh just know that you're welcome to come here this is an extension of the community and that doesn't solely mean Staten Island New York that doesn't solely mean you know the Lenape land that we are standing on it can also mean you're in Florida you're in Canada you're in Colombia you're wherever if you feel like this is a space and this is a community for you and this like you know we'll work it out whether I fly to you or you fly to me, we'll create and cultivate that space. And, you know, it's it's interesting having a podcast f- coming from like a, you know, just like a small kind of island, right? Where it's like there's some people that have reached out to me who just want to use this as like a platform to echo whatever they're doing. And I watched how those plans disintegrate. Like every time like that's the kind of inquiry to come on here, it doesn't uphold because that's not it's not that i don't want you listen come here and give all the 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 shameless plugs you want to it doesn't even have to be like it just it that's that's not the sole reason that you're here if you're not open to being vulnerable you probably won't get here (laughs) respectfully it's it's just the truth it's just the truth like and 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 I mean that with so much love. So if you ever do want to be a part of this and to amplify your voice and or know somebody who could benefit from coming onto this space, just I, a personal inquiry to really ask yourself, like, am I okay with being vulnerable? And even if it's a, it's a I don't know, like, just talk to me about it. Like, I'm not always okay with being vulnerable, but yet I come up here and I do it because sometimes you just have to do it. You just got to push through, right? So I want to end off. Which one? The power of ownership. You want to read it? Or the right thing. Which one did you feel? Uh, Both or one? This one, the right thing. Okay. When we say the right thing at the right time, it means that the time being right is included in making the thing right. That's why it would not make sense to say the right thing at the wrong time. The right thing cannot be right if it's not done at the right time. It is also not right if it's not done the right way or if it does not have the right purpose. Be cautious with the way you do the things that you do. Make sure that you complete a job, that you start and realize that completing doesn't always mean that you are stuck 
with something till the end. It can also mean stopping, but that's the part we usually miss. We usually keep things hanging in space and time. Put your heart into anything you do and put it all of your efforts towards it. Mm. If you don't have the motivation for it, then maybe that is not what is meant for you. Stop doing what is not right for you and what does not suit your dreams. Learn from the experience. Start doing what you love the right way. Right. That's what we were talking about. Literally, it's just, mm-hmm. I, it's, wow. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to post a picture of this on the story of uh, Duality Podcast Instagram. If you're not following, definitely tap in to follow. And, you know, um, if, if you share, you know, that's that. Thank you guys so much for sharing as much as you have. You know, um, looking at the Spotify wrapped uh, last year was like incredible. Thank you so much for sharing. If you don't mind, like yeah, continuing you. to share if it feels right for you and, you know, giving five stars, it makes a difference. And also, you know, just just listening does, you know. So thank you so much uh, for tuning in this week with me and my beautiful mama. Mm-hmm. And tune in next week. I have no idea what it's going to be about, but we'll see. Okay? We'll see you together. All right? (laughs) Have a beautiful day. And bye. See you next time.